0: This episode is sponsored by World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds.
1: Dungeon Crawlers. We would be honored
0: if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we're here. And this is going to be a very interesting and different show than you probably heard for, for a while. I mean, we we have uh, definitely have had very uh, controversial and debatable episodes. Debating episodes. Not debatable. D- debating episodes. And this is going to be one of them. Um, however, it's not going to be a topic like, you know, which is better, Star Wars or Star Trek? Or, or even which is better, pink or blue? Or, you know, which do you like, Powerade or Gatorade? This is going to be Talking about which is, you know, we've got several topics, but we're going to start out with the topic of what is better. Binge watching an entire series or watching a series episodically like it used to be when you when we were younger and it would come out one episode a week at a time. And if you missed it, you're were, you're were tough out of luck. Now we may not go that far because you know DVR and stuff like that, but we just the difference between those two. Uh, so, who was it that wanted to run this one? I I, I want to run with this one. This one's been on my mind right. lately. So uh, I have been
2: utterly enjoying. Uh, for those of you who heard our Willow review episode last week, uh, if you haven't, go check it out. Uh, for those of you who heard that episode, I will tell you that the way that I feel uh, about Willow. Is diametrically opposite to how I feel about HBO's The Last of Us. I'm an enormous, I'm an enormous fan of the video game series, and when they were bringing this out, I definitely had some cautious concerns. But I can tell you categorically that what they are doing is monumentally fantastic, and the reviews reflect that as well. Uh, but I bring this up Jeez because at-
1: crabs hyperbole much?
2: I know, right? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I will tell you that I've, I've tried getting some of my friends to watch this and I've heard something that I have heard many a time before, which is I am waiting for the episodes to drop so I can binge it. And I've been giving this some real thought lately. I recently saw the film skin of Marink*, and, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm watching The Last of Us, and and I, I also reflect on a more recent but now completed series, Mr. Robot, that I also watched. And, you know, growing up in our youth, uh, the three of us, we would watch shows like you described, Daniel, where it, it had a time slot out on a specific day of the week. And you had to watch it at that time, or you had to set up your VCR, or you had to set up your DVR, or you missed that episode. And if you missed that episode, then you went through the rigmarole of talking to your friends, of trying to get a hold of it. Um, and so I wanted to discuss tonight the pros and the cons or the preferences behind binging a series or a season, let's just say a season, in its totality versus
0: an episodic drop. Uh, so this is something I've noticed for me. And this is something that uh, it's actually, it was kind of fascinating when I, when I just realized this. When I am watching a show one episode at a time so I, I just was recently watching the the new national treasure um tv series on disney plus and i noticed that i was also watching a lot of other episodes just one at a time and i realized when i did it that way i had more time in my day to do other things hmm. because when you get in that binge cycle next thing you know the day's over and then you got to go to bed and then you go back to work, but then you want to watch the rest of it. And so I found when I was binging, that I was missing out on so many things. And I think, you know, that's why it was so great when when I was a kid is, you know, I knew when my shows were, and I could plan my day around that I knew from a certain time, there's that window that I would watch my shows. And then I'd be I'd be outside playing, I'd be outside goofing off with friends and going and doing things now with the way it is like my kids you know they'll be binging stuff on netflix it's like hey go outside no don't want to right now i'm watching this show and next thing you know it's like hey can i go outside it's dark outside mm-hmm. no you've wasted the whole day and so i really think it is as great as it is that we can get everything at once i think we get in this mindset where I gotta watch the next one. I gotta watch the next one. I gotta watch the next one, and then next thing we know, we've ran out of time. You know, the weekend's gone or the evening's gone, and we can't do anything. And there's nothing to be excited for because now you've been to watch the whole season, like Stranger Things. We're not getting another season till next year. It's only, You know, it's 2023. We just got the last. You know, season last last and year. And the 2022. Yeah we got to wait over a year and a half where, yeah, granted, even if I watched it one episode a week, it still wouldn't have stretched out far enough, but you know, that could have been prolonged a little bit more. Uh, and, and so I, I, feel like we, we, we lose something. Plus there isn't that really cool thing, you know, at, at my previous job, you know, there's a couple of us that would get together and we talk about the last episode we watched there was kind of that cool water cooler mm. factor where we talked about it. We made, you know, we kind of made assumptions of what would happen in the next episode, you know, and then there'd be the episodes that they binge and it's like, have you watched it yet? I'm like, no. Oh, well we can't talk about it. So you lose out on that because like, Oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. And so it's, it's this weird dynamic now. So like, so you're saying that like one of the cons is, uh, lost
2: time, lost time. Yep. Um, there's also, uh, you have this large stretch between when you'll get another episode if you binge everything at once because now there's a large gap before the next thing drops. Yeah. And also a lack of synchronicity in the water cooler effect, as you put it. Yes. I think those are all excellent points. Matthew,
1: what are your thoughts? You know, in the age of instant gratification, one of the pleasures that we're missing out on is the joy of anticipation. Mm -hmm. And you've got when you when you can just watch every single thing and just get it all out all at once you spent you know eight an eight episode season you get up in the morning you watch it all the way until the evening your day is gone like daniel says but you've watched everything you've got to experience it you haven't forgotten anything from episode to episode but you get the entire roller coaster of emotions you see how every plot twist and Ends. There's no there's no such thing as a cliffhanger when you can just go on to the next episode uh, and you, you got to experience the whole thing in its entirety. And there's some appeal to that. However. It's done. You had this huge endorphin rush and now it's over by the time that that IP comes up again for another season or if it does, um, you likely will have forgotten a lot because you took it all in at once. Um, Being spacing things out a little bit, anticipating gives your mind a chance to let your imagination kind of exercise itself because like, what's going to happen with my favorite character? How could they possibly resolve this? Who done it? Who's the bad guy in this mystery, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're thinking about these things until the next episode comes. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, is that joy of anticipation and it's one of the reasons that i would never make a good book reviewer is that when i get a book i i intentionally read it slowly i intentionally will say i've read enough i'm putting it down now because i want to make the joy last Mm -hmm. i want to have it stretch out uh and i think so i think that's And when I say the joy of anticipation, I think there's a lot of people out there, especially the ones that are fans of binging, that are going to go like, man, he's so stupid, Uh, is like, you don't get it. Well, don't knock it till you try it. Uh, (laughs) there's, There's something to be said. And I'll always remember this lesson I learned um, as uh, a a very young adult. I was working construction in in a summer that hit 116 degrees. And I had one of those huge thermoses. I think it was held about a gallon or maybe two gallons. And uh, my buddy's wife had got one of those thermoses and made Kool-Aid with ice. (laughs) And it would stay cold most of the day. And yeah, water was really good. But when you were thirsty, man, a hit of that Kool-Aid, that really hit the spot. And so we get there and it's his and we're both just sweating and we're thirsty. And I say here, you know, you, you go first. It's yours. He goes, oh, no, no, man, it'll taste better five seconds from now when you're done. Uh, so he let me take the first sip and he took it. And I always remembered that because it did, it tastes sweeter for the anticipation. It tastes sweeter for the, 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 the Mm. longing for it or for waiting a little bit longer.
0: Daniel. Well, I was was just going to say books are a little different. Books are kind of designed to keep running, you know, pulling you into the story. You know, it's that, you know, the more you get invested and the, the deeper into the story that they draw, they draw you in um which is again like watching the an episode i mean really that's kind of what it's like but you're right you know it's that anticipation it's that excitement even if we're wrong in our assumptions of what's going to happen in the next episode we're we're, you know we're excited about it that's why you know social media is always a buzz of you know what's the latest thing we saw on set for for the latest Marvel movie or the latest star Wars movie, or the latest Indiana Jones movie or, or so on and so forth. Because of the anticipation, we want to see those little tidbits. We want to know what's going to be there, you know, because we don't get movie after movie after movie. You can't binge watch, you know, all the Marvel movies until they're all out, you know, and, and that's, is what that we... a challenge? <laughs> it's, just, it's not possible. It's not possible. Um, because they don't make them that way, you know. It's not like they they make them and then they just throw them all out there at once. And okay, just just watch them. They can't. Um, and so it's that anticipation that we're excited about because we want to know what happens next. You know, the whole mar, the whole first section of the, the well, it's what's called the Infinity Stone saga. You know, everyone. Was eagerly anticipating what was next because we'd see that little clip at the end of the tra you know, uh, of the, the, the credits. And it's like, oh my gosh, that guy's showing up. Now what? Now what's going on? And then we'd have to wait till the next movie, and then you'd see the next movie, and then there'd be another clip. I mean, it was a brilliant marketing plan the way they did that because it kept you interested, waiting till the next one. You can't really, you know. You can't do that, really. You you have the cliffhanger at the end of the season, and then you're left, you know. I, and I get it. There's sometimes you're in that zone where you've watched one episode, you want to watch the next one. But you get into that cycle too much. You're at the end, and then there's nothing. You're you're left wanting.
1: You know, interestingly, your movie comment when uh, Return of the King. Uh, Came out Mm. a local movie theater did a marathon where they had fellowship of the rings, uh, the two towers, and then they were going to debut the return of the king and you paid an ungodly amount of money and you got a commemorative cup and a popcorn bucket that you could get refills on as much as you wanted to get through uh, through the day Um, and you had to eat their hot dogs and pretzels for lunch. But uh, I was there all day long I mm-hmm. ate way too much. It hit a certain point where I was just like, I don't want any more popcorn. I'm fine. <laughs> but I did. I stayed there all day and did that. Now, another theater for Marvel did, leading up to. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was uh, Endgame. They did, they went back several movies and I think yeah. they did like a 24 it was like, or 36 or I thought hour. it was a
2: 15 movie yeah, yeah, it was 15 movies. I think
1: it was a 36-hour marathon culminating in Endgame that they were going to go through and do all this. And a local movie critic went and did it as part of his job. And his most memorable, because you end up falling asleep in the middle of oh, some of yeah. right? Uh right? His most memorable thing is you've got a room full of nerds and it didn't take very many movies until the theater smelled like it. Uh, he will never get the smell out of his memory. Uh, a whole bunch of people eating popcorn and not showering for thirty six hours. Uh, that was his most. Uh, that was that was his biggest impression.
2: That's hilarious. Um, you know the reason why this topic was kind of nagging at me is because, and I, and I brought up these examples earlier, and now I'll explain why. Um, I went and saw *Skin and Marine* with my friend Chris, with my buddy Chris. And uh, it's one of those films—it's a film, it's not a series, but it's one of those films that sits with you, and you have to really consider it. It's not like—it's not a one-and-done, popcorn-fun kind of movie. Like, uh, any—you could grab any Fast and Furious, you could watch it start to finish, and you don't really have to think deeper than, we got family, and, like, enjoying cars, right? Like, like, (laughs) like— The less deeply you think the more you'll enjoy it. That's actually true. That's actually true. Uh there, there's, there's not much to cogitate upon. And uh and we've talked about Kroll incessantly on the show thanks to me. No,
1: uh <laughs> which does deserve many deep
2: thoughts, which which we enjoyed as kids on the surface, but then as we became adults we started thinking about it deeper and deeper and then we found more value, right? And with skin and marink This is sort of like I'm drawing a gamut here, right? Fast and the Furious crawls in the middle, and then at the very polar opposite end of Fast and 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 Furious is *Skin and Marink*, where you leave the theater and the enjoyment of what you just experienced does not come. Until you've really thought about it and you've started to understand the meaning or the insinuation or the feelings and the thoughts. It's really a a cognitive exercise. And if you don't do that, then the the movie has no value. Um, But when you do that, it has exceptional, indescribable value. And I have found that there are certain qualities of shows that are very much like this. Mr. Robot, for example. There is an episode in the very first season that has an extremely poignant end. And when that sits with you for a week, which is how I watched it, it resonates and it bothers you. It's supposed to bother you. It chews at you. You really, you really like sit with it, and it has an emotional impact as it sets, as you as you sim, as it simmers inside of you. Right? I showed that uh, episode to a friend of mine. I was showing him the show for the very first time, and we were watching it every day at lunch at work. So we were watching these things kind of back to back. We got to that episode and I noted that even though he and I share very similar opinions on shows like this, it hit him with significantly less impact than it hit me because the next day we just got on with the story and it filled in with other things. There wasn't that room for the emotions to sit and simmer. And so I've been curious of late if... If binging, when we get a show, when we have a streaming service that gives us all 8 or 10 or 12 or 4 or 6 or however many episodes of a show, if it gives us all the episodes at once, are we actually doing ourselves a disservice by feeding into that immediate gratification? Are we doing the show a disservice, the creators a disservice by not sitting with the material? Uh, When they release it episodically, week by week, are they doing us a favor? I did not used to think that, but... I think recently, within the last few weeks, I've really changed
1: my mind on this. So I would, another thought I had about the benching topic is that like most things, the path of wisdom lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I think you like Daniel absolutely is right. Get up and do something with your life. Uh, As William (laughs) Shatner famously said, move out of your parents' basement. You know, you you do have to be a productive, responsible adult. Uh, And, you know, but once you've done, once you've worked, you've earned your playtime. That's my philosophy. So um, taking some time to enjoy your show. And if you want to watch, the, the good thing about having them all released at once is that you can watch it on your schedule. Mm. I can watch two or three episodes tonight. It may be a few days and then I can get back and maybe I'll only have time for one. But then I'll get back to it later on and be able to watch several more in a row. So having the option of saying, you know what, I still got time. I want to see how this resolves and going on to do the other one. So a, a kind of a hybrid between the two, watching a few, but perhaps not all at a time, I think gives you the best of of both worlds having said that i want to pose a couple questions to you yeah um you you and i are both krebs and i are both big fans of 24
2: yes Mm -hmm. and
1: 24's big gimmick was this is real time an hour of the show is supposed to be an hour of what happens in the story
2: including commercial breaks
1: (laughs) yes that's when all the characters actually got something to eat or went to the bathroom uh, was was during the commercial breaks. Uh, and um, so in a show like that, that's more real time and supposed to happen really, really quick. How does that format of a show change, if at all? Your opinion hmm. on the virtues of of binging watching several of them in a row or having to wait for a week in between each hour of what happens in the story. you know, I think accidentally
2: by giving the gamut of fast and the Furious to Skinner um I accidentally pointed out a way to judge the rate at which you can watch a show. if you hmm. if you have a show that does not require, Or, I'm sorry, that does not benefit. Let's not say require. Let's say benefit. If you have a show that does not benefit from cogitation, and I would put 24 maybe a little bit toward the middle compared to Fast and the Furious, but 24 is a show that is excellent when you watch it two, three, four episodes in a row. You know, um... I or or if you want to be a diehard, you know, you could you could spend watch 24
1: episodes in a you, row? You could watch it 24 <laughs> episodes in a row.
2: Um and then and then you know take a break, maybe shower, maybe eat. Um but uh but yeah, maybe maybe that range, may, I propose this the that gamut, a fast and the furious to skin and Merink, uh which measures the benefit you gain by simmering in the content uh, in between doses. I think that expresses how you discover which shows you can
1: binge versus which shows you shouldn't binge. That's a good point. Uh, Second point I want to bring up, and I think that what they did with Stranger Things was pretty wise from a strategy standpoint. This last season, they released most of the episodes, and then they stopped and you mm. have to, I think you had to wait for like a month, I think. Um, but if, and what they did is they got act one and act two, but the resolution, everything that happens in act three, they waited and they knew, I think that this was some pretty smart marketing. Cause there's going to be some group that watches it a bit at a time, but it's going to be slower than another group. And they didn't want all the social media buzz to reveal what was going to happen. Uh too too early right they mm-hmm. they, they, get, they had a stopping point where everybody had a chance to catch up and then they released the last few which people would consume relatively quickly um and they and I think they also did that specifically for my point of the anticipation by cre they they're creating demand the same way the Girl Scouts do by only selling their cookies once a year <laughs> when it comes around the demand is incredible uh-huh uh and I think that's kind of what they did with Stranger Things. So in a sense, the the show creators of Stranger Things at least, if not other uh properties are realizing there definitely is a dichotomy between binging and watching episodically. What do you think of of what Stranger of how Stranger Things release their episodes?
0: I it's still uh, so For me, it didn't make a difference, because I, uh, I I enjoy Stranger Things, but I wait forever before I watch it. Like, <laughs> it had been out for quite a while before I even started watching it, and it was because I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon. And so when the new season came out, I, I felt the same way. Like, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of this just to watch it forever you know because everyone's watching it. Um uh, it is a great series. It's really well written, it's beautifully done and they hit all the right cylinders. They had a big reveal that was happening and they wanted to drag that out. So what they did by releasing those two massively long episodes. Holy crap. They, they were like movies that, in their own right because of how That's long true. they were. They should have been pushed out as, you know, the last one should have been four episodes, honestly, uh, because it was almost two hours. But um, it was done beautifully because they didn't want the reveal to come out early. Like you said, you, the story built up, and it's like, we're pausing, and we're going to wait. And then, because of that anticipation, everyone wants to know who Vecna is. Like there There's hints. Who is he? And then we we stop. There's nothing left. And it's because they they called back on that old sensation, that old feeling we had with those episodic episodes, and they came out one at a time each week, yeah, I like actually the, now that you describe it that way,
2: I was kind of in a similar boat, Daniel, where. I did not intentionally delay watching the show. It was just a matter of life events. And so when I did watch the show, I didn't have to wait long between where they broke the season up and where they added the last episode. I, I watched it on my schedule the way I would have even if they had dropped all the episodes. But what I do like about what they did was that they hamstrung social media trolls, or even just people who are trying to be excited about something they love and they want to share it on social media. Um, And what that inevitably does is it creates spoilers for people who haven't been able to get there yet. And uh, I don't know about you, but like, I'm really glad I saw The Matrix in 1999 because uh, now I know how to dodge bullets like Neo when it comes to spoilers, (laughs) right? Like every time, every time something new comes out, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just, I'm like, Trinity, help. And I like go into a backbend <laughs> trying not to see things on social media. Which is uh, really funny
0: because we're on social media and we actually have spoiler episodes.
2: Yeah, we do. Yeah. But, but we, we label them clearly. Oh yeah. You know, but my, yeah, my, you know. the ones that I hate are this, are the things that are like an image of a key moment, a still frame that gives okay. away everything. And then like, you can't unsee it. Once you see yep. it, you've seen it. Yeah. yeah and um, it,
0: it just shows up in your, your, your social media feed. As yeah? Sleeping. It's like
2: scrolling chicken recipes, video game news, spoiler. I didn't want to see, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, on the one hand, there are shows I love to binge. Like no, no joke. Uh, the, what is it? The amazing world of bubblegum. Uh, or Amazing Adventures of the Bubble, uh, Bubblegum, or Gumball, excuse me, The Amazing World of Gumball. The Amazing World of Gumball is one of the best animated shows to come out in the last 20 years. Uh, I I highly recommend it, but the episodes are 15 minutes each and they're, they are released in duets. Um, they're released two episodes at a time, back to back in the same, so you end up with two full-length episodes for the price of one, if you will. Um, and, uh, even, uh, slightly, slightly less so, but still binge worthy is Adventure Time. Adventure Time (laughs) is one of the, you really should, uh, grab your friends because, uh, we're going to very distant lands. It's, it's one of the best, most wonderful, amazing animated shows ever created. And I loved watching those two, three, four episodes at a time. After it, you know, kind of exploded in popularity. So, so, I think where we've landed is that binging can work for certain shows, but honestly, we encourage the audience to, to take time to sit with and, and with, with their, you know, with more intellectual material and also to take a moment to live life at the same time and spread out your joy a little bit you'll actually find more value
1: in in many shows and movies if you do that yeah I agree you know not to change the subject and I really don't mean to brag but I just wanted to let you guys all know I've got the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban from the zoo (laughs) Matthew Matthew now I want to know what you did with Scarecrow's brain (laughs) (laughs) You know, something else I thought was really weird, really surprised me the other day, uh, was when the stationery store moved. Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah.
2: That's the the joke. Stationary. Yeah. Stationery store. I'm not going to lie. I was waiting for the punchline, and then I realized the setup was the punchline.
0: (laughs) That's what's called a one-liner, kids. Man. (laughs) All I can say. (sighs) You really need some staples in that one. Uh, (laughs) oh oh daniel daniel now it's time to chat about our sponsor world anvil world anvil is an award winning world building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds with their software you can create your world manage your campaign plan your novel create a world wiki wow your players make novels more interactive and make your worlds come to life you can find them at worldanvil.com. And if you put in the discount code DCR40, you will receive a 40% discount today.
2: You know what's funny is when Daniel Andy? said all... No. Uh, I, when Daniel said, all I can say is, uh,
0: you know, if you had stopped right there, that was perfect. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so what's well, what's what's the next one? Where, so... We've talked about this. I, I think we, we, we've we given some solid uh, feelings and input regarding binging versus uh, episodic. W- where should we go next? What is the next one? Well, how about ebooks versus
1: physical books? Oh. Now, they have really exploded in popularity. number of readers out there. One of the most popular, of course, is, is Kindle. And, of course, Amazon owns the marketplace for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been a lot of debate over there's a lot of elements to this that's what i guess i'm trying to say uh why ebooks are priced the way they are uh, you got the hardbacks you got paperbacks and you've got mass market um uh, media, uh format of these books to come out in some people you know what? What is it that makes uh, one format superior to the other, and what's th- how different are the reading experiences? Before I give my thoughts on that, what do you think about this?
0: Let's start with uh, you, Dan. One, one day, our listeners will see the video of this, and they can see in my background. <laughs> or, or maybe one day they'll help me move. Um, <laughs> My back still hurts. Yes. Yeah, Another so, uh, box of books, Daniel. Uh I have so many boxes of books. So I like holding a book. I love smelling the scent of pages as I'm flipping through and reading that book. There's just there is something about holding a book and flipping through the pages and devouring the words upon that page that has always just drawn me in. Now, you know, last June, I you know I got a, a, a Kindle white paper. Uh, Krebs suggested it. It looked really cool. I have two hundred and fifty books loaded on there of mine, and I have not read from it once. Uh, <laughs> In fact, I don't even know where it is. Uh, it went on a trip with me for over the Chris christmas holiday and i haven't seen it since so i should probably find that but um someone tells- was just gifted a kindle white paper with two yeah, probably books. i mean that that just tells you like i i don't care about it but my books i do and there there's more to it than that like i am probably the craziest insane person on the planet when it comes to books i i don't break the spine on my paperbacks uh um, i'm proud of you Most people think I'm crazy the way I'm holding it. I have six books out of the hundreds of books I own that the spine is broken, and there are cracks. It just tells you how many times I've read those books, and they're definitely worn. Now, the problem is I can't buy buy new ones of those because those are out of print. There's still something about turning those pages. And not only that, there are some books that I own that... I, I've read, and I'll, I'll mark it. Um, you know, for example, uh, some of my books from Bob Salvatore. at the beginning of most of the sections of those books, the main character, Dritz Dorden has this kind of inner monologue with himself. And I can't tell you the number of times that I have read one of those monologues, and it's hit me. It has been pivotal to that moment in my life. And I will stop, I will highlight it, and I will write a note there. And so you can't do that in an ebook. And the biggest selling point, I think, with an ebook, you can't have it signed by the author. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great yeah, a one. Um,
2: you know, for me, I'm a mixed bag on this one. And not to sound too, you know, one note with what we just talked about a moment ago. But um, this this may yet again be one of those situations where it's like um, circumstance dictates preference. when when ebooks were first becoming a thing and when I say that, I mean I'm talking like when ebooks were first really becoming well known, I don't know, 2008, you know that sort of thing. Um, there was uh, it was weird because ebooks would, at that time would cost as much or sometimes more than the physical copy of the book which always astounded me i was like why you don't have to pay for distribution you don't have to pay for the printing costs you don't you make a file and then you distribute that electronically this shouldn't cost the same as a physical book and eventually and it, it took longer than i had wished but eventually um, the cost of ebooks came way down way down compared to their physical counterparts um i love a good physical book and i am a sucker for having beautiful books on my bookshelves uh i i'm getting the wheel of time series one book at a time and i'm making sure that all the covers all the all the jackets match and i want them all hard covered like that's very preferential i got a book that was written by a former u.s president and got it signed by that former U.S. president. And that was important to me to get in hardback, to Daniel's point about autographs. But lately, lately, I've also been working on trying to read faster. I, I'm, a, I'm a painfully slow reader, and I don't like that I read slow. I want to be able to read fast and, and retain, right, to comprehend. And I got a Kindle from my previous job as part of, like, our standard kit. And I started using it just to—at first, it was to read books for work. And then I discovered that because of the way that I could adjust the font size, because of, of the um, sort of like tactile experience of, of quote unquote turning a page, uh, but doing so rapidly made me feel better about how I was reading. And it also made it, to Daniel's point, possible for me to carry myriad books at once for the very same physical uh, exertion no matter how many books I was carrying, right? Like I'm carrying a Kindle in my pocket and I now have 80 books with me. Uh, So while I prefer physical books, especially when we're talking about special editions or special sentimental uh, editions of books, when it comes to books that maybe are not so sentimental or when I'm working on my reading speed, actually digital has become, I think, my
0: preferred format. You know, you, you have a good point. When it comes to traveling it's a lot easier to take the kindle than a book you know um when i used to go on business trips you know i take two or three books and that takes up a lot of space the kindle definitely would have been a lot easier it's smaller it wouldn't have taken up as much space which means i would have had more space for clothing or souvenirs or whatever um so there is definitely that that bonus side that plus side to it um You know and you're right when they first came out the price for those was the same price as a physical book which is really i i have that same frustration and argument with digital movies why is the digital movie the same price as me going out and picking up the actual physical copy it's not costing you as much uh so quite often i'll wait till they go and sell and they're dirt cheap uh but it That is what is really interesting about you know kind of this topic is convenience. I think ultimately this one boils down to convenience. Yeah, is it more convenient? Yes. Anyone that moves me from now on would probably say, load up your Kindle, get rid of all. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, on a on a wet rainy day, I, I love holding a book in my hand. When I'm sitting out on my hammock. I don't, you know, I want a book in my hand. When I'm sitting on an airplane, you know, you know maybe the Kindle would be the better option because it's not going to take up as much space. And, you know, there is the swiping kind of feels almost like turning the page, but not quite. But it, it does definitely give me more room to travel.
2: And I want to hear what Matthew has to say about this. I realize I haven't given him time to speak yet, but um, what you said about movies reminded me of of one more thing um, that actually makes a fantastic argument for the alternate of what I just said a moment ago. Um, I still love physical books and I still prefer physical movies because no one can take them away from me on a whim. Whereas with digital media, whether it's from a streaming service or even when you—I mean, Sony just went through this with PlayStation. I'm a huge PlayStation fan, but this was something that really kind of upset a lot of people, and I understand why. Um, Sony went through this where they lost the licensing or or they got rid of the service that provided certain digital content from their streaming platform, which was never as popular as, like, say, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or anything like that. Uh, and so even though people had paid, paid money to have these digital rights— They were no longer being served up. And because they were no longer being served up, they lost their stuff. Right. Um, as Spotify does this sometimes with some of their songs. They they make different licensing agreements. Their licensing agreement for something they had expires. And then a song. There is a song that, that comes to my mind every once in a while that I can only remember bits of. But I know it's out there. And I can't remember enough of it to know how to find it again. But Spotify got rid of it. And now I don't have that song anymore that I can listen to. And I can't find it anywhere because I don't have enough information. So. Physical stuff, physical, my box of CDs, of audio CDs that's in my shed, I won't get rid of that because it can't be taken away from me. And the same thing is true of physical books. Heaven forbid, should the EMP ever happen, and even digital media, you know, or or the ways to watch digital media and enjoy it goes the way of the earth, physical books will still be there. Short of a fire or a flood, they will still be there. Josh the song title you're looking for is Mambo number 5. <laughs> no, it has never it has never been it has never been Mambo number 5. It was the Macarena. Thank you very <laughs> much.
0: That would have so, been my second guess. You know, you're right and that's the other thing that really does uh frustrate me about electronic media. Um, you know, same thing has happened even with Audible. So, Aud- the Audible accounts um, you know, if you're a member, you get free uh, books yeah every well, now, month you get like so many credits yeah. well besides the credit there's also like for me- members there's just books that are free that you can oh yeah the yeah library. well now those have are some of those have an expiration date and then they're mm-hmm. gone and then you have to buy them if you want them back again which is frustrating you know uh transformers the animated movie i've i had that i bought a physical copy that had a code that allowed me to get a, the digital version Then they released the 40th anniversary or whatever, 30th anniversary or whatever it was. And then I didn't have my digital anymore because they put out a new version. And it's like, I got to buy it again, even though I bought it and I had the code for it. Like, what the heck? So, you know, the way they do movies, I definitely don't like. Digital books isn't quite the same. They're not, they haven't got to that point yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. But they could. could. Yeah, They really easily could. Uh, But the even more difficult part of that is, okay. let's say what happens, you know, kind of like what happened with your Facebook account where it gets hacked and you Mm -hmm. can't get back into your account. Now you can't get any of those books you purchased, you know, because you had to set up a new account and there's no way to get back to that account because all those books are tied to that Amazon account. Yep, that's correct. Then what do you do?
1: And Kindle users should be aware that there is a mechanism built into the uh, software that allows Amazon to reach into your device and remove any titles that it wants to. By the end-user license agreement, they will only do that in situations where they lose the licensing or they've been ordered by the court. Where it's a legal mechanism. issue. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So if so, even though you the same situation exists there that you've described if something happens on the vendor side it doesn't matter that you paid your real money for it they can take it out of your digital hands so to speak um my thoughts on this i'm actually uh kind of like the binge issue i am in the middle at any given time as i've as i've gotten older uh, i get to the point where reading one book at a time is not enough I'm always reading at least two books at the same time and usually three or four. Um, and hopefully they're not related because I tried reading Robert Jordan and George RR R. Martin at the same time. And I just got them mixed up. It was so frustrating. <laughs> uh, so they need to be, there need to be some differences between them. Uh, but I, and so I'll, I'll often have a book and I've got to have a bookmark to keep my place. Uh, but I do like having that that feeling in my hand, but then I also have my Kindle reader and I can get books from the library instantly without having to like get in my car and actually drive down to the building <laughs> and check out a book. <clears throat> I can just go online find the title and and load and download it. Um, I love that libraries are doing ebook checkouts now too, and I think it's ridiculous that there's a limit on how many they can check out at once, right but yeah, there's yeah, there's reasons, I know. Um, so I, I like both. I like having the option of both. When I go, I, my family will often spend uh, a week on the lake uh, once or twice a year. And in those situations, I do not want to bring my electronic devices. In fact, I often take that as an opportunity to unplug, disconnect, and go analog. Uh, also, I don't think that kin- that electronic devices and large bodies of water go well together. Uh, so if I drop my paper back in the water and rescue it fast enough, it's still readable, but I'm probably going to throw it away and buy a new one. But, you know, even if it's a $20 book, which they rarely are, uh, that's a lot less expensive than a new device that has all of my books and everything else on it too. Uh, so depending on the kind of travel I'm going to, if the environment is somewhat hostile, uh, I'll take, I'll take a physical book every time. I don't want to risk my precious electronics. Uh, but also, I am a sucker for bookstores. Used to be, oh, especially in my younger bookstores. days, we'd go to the mall and everybody would go to the popular spots. You, I could not walk past B. Dalton without having to go inside and look at the shelves. You know, and they were like, you were just in here yesterday. We haven't put anything new out. It's okay. I'm just visiting my friends. Uh, I, the friends, meaning the, the, the books. I didn't really have many people that were my friends. Uh So I. Uh, By your dad, I, dad jokes,
0: it doesn't surprise me.
1: Hey, I wasn't a dad yet. I wasn't this funny. Uh, <laughs> I, and thing. I just loved looking at the books and seeing what the authors have put out, uh, enjoying the covers and judging books by them. I, uh, <laughs> In fact, just the other day, I had a bit of that book fever hit me as I was at the mall with my kids doing, um, you know, just some shopping, let, let, letting them shop, basically. But there's been a, a bookstore that's moved in, and it's not necessarily new, but it was the first time that I'd seen it, that is a uh, used bookstore in the mall. Mm -hmm. And I went, I just devoured. went through and they had all kinds of out of print books and older science fiction books. And I found something from my childhood that was very special to me for $1.50. So immediately I grabbed it. And there was a bunch of other books there that I would have grabbed had I more time that I could spend hours just browsing a good bookstore. Uh, The King's, the loss of the King's English in downtown Salt Lake City is a real cultural loss. I, I I agree with that. Oh, and you know man. what the, so, so I I do like the physical stuff. Digital is convenient. I won't begrudge either one. Uh, there is something magical
2: about a physical bookstore that you especially ones that carry say hard to finds or specialty items in addition to the common uh, items that you might find even just like even when I go to the airport Uh, I can't help but look at the book section to see if there's something interesting. Uh, Again, judging the book by its cover. But, like, um, there's something magical about it. In fact, The Printed Garden, which is a bookstore that we've mentioned on the show before and has been an excellent supporter of both DCR and Daniel as a published author. The Printed Garden started doing um, Blind Date with a Book where they would wrap a book in a in in basically a brown paper bag cover so you couldn't see the cover and then they put a blurb they taped a blurb onto that bag the title is not given. The author is not given. It is just a blurb. And the idea is if the blurb interests you, have a blind date with this book. And uh, I thought it was it was just utterly brilliant. And there is something magical and special about a physical book. I, and, and maybe this goes back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this later in the show, I think toward the end. But um, I am reminded of the movie NeverEnding Story where – I was going to bring that up. Where Sebastian goes into a hole in the wall bookstore and there's a special book. And I realize that's a completely a fantasy story, but that experience that they put on screen is only believable because at the time that we saw that, that was how you got books. You went to a bookstore. And even in today's uh, society even in, in a modern uh, scenario there's no way that you could have the never-ending story experience if it weren't for having that physical book and i will debate people on that if they want daniel
0: so you brought up a really good point and this kind of contributes to why physical books are better you know when you go into a bookstore you know even if you're wandering aimlessly you go like you know i'm looking for a book what do you recommend and you have people like, oh yeah, here's a good book, here's some idea, or like, what are you into? Are you into fa- science fiction, fantasy, horror, thriller, suspense, whatever? And you let them know, and they direct you to, well, here's some great, here's some good books, here's something you might be interested in. You have someone there to suggest. When it's eBooks, you don't get that. You know, it's just you gotta hope that they have a really good blurb on there, you know, yeah. or someone told you about it, because otherwise, you know, you're just scanning like. You don't know. Um, the one thing I do like about Audible with the, with the audiobooks is you can at least hear a sample. So you can kind of see, oh, do I like this or not? And, and on Amazon, on some of them, it does have a sample where you can read a few pages. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's that's kind of awkward and weird. Because um, if, you're, if you're looking on your phone or on a laptop or something, it just depends on what device you're using to see if you can read it well enough. Um, but even then you're just kind of rummaging through it really quickly. So that's just something, again, I, I feel like physical books have over eBooks.
1: So going back to never ending story, one of the problems Sebastian has is he he's late for school. And so he goes and he hides in the attic and then starts reading because he's binging and he's experiencing lost <laughs> time and he's not living life exactly <laughs> he gets so caught up in the story he loses track of time and he um you know he takes a break for lunch but he won't leave his book and then he goes back to his book and then it's after school and the school's kind of locked up and then it's night and you know his dad's not even looking for him we, <laughs> we don't know that but he lose the the, the thing is I've, I've experienced that maybe you have too where you get into a book and and you get so into it that you start losing time. Yeah, do you feel that there's a difference in that experience? Do you have that experience as often with a digital book uh, as much as you might with a physical book or is there no difference? Um I, I don't...
2: don't oh, go ahead, Daniel, I'm no, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. I went last time.
1: Um, you know what? I
2: recently came across a book that I don't think I normally would have read, but the the blurb caught me. And I ended up benching that book really hard. And I read the whole thing on my Kindle. And what I found was I could read it, you know, um, not just in my house, but on the go. It was very easy to take with me places. It was discreet uh, in the sense of, like, if I if I pull it out of my pocket, it's not that much different than someone pulling a phone out of their pocket. And, and oh, by the way, this episode not endorsed by Kindle. Um I, the the fact that I was using a Kindle meant that I also had whisper Sync to my phone so if I couldn't take my device with me I had my phone with me and um and then and then I also did this combo thing where I would play Spotify on my phone but I would pick a soundscape type soundtrack that fit the genre of the book and it ended up making this incredibly like deeper emotional experience as I read and I just binged this thing and I read it again I'm a slow reader uh, especially compared to Daniel who can read like a book a day uh, maybe <laughs> two books a day um but i i read this thing lickety splitsville for me uh because i had the convenience of the kindle now if i'd had it in paperback would it have been any less convenient probably not um but it also meant that i could read this at night while my wife was sleeping while the lights were off because my kindle is backlit so i could read this anytime, day or night without disturbing my my wife this meant that i could read this thing anytime I had, I had two minutes to myself. Um, so yeah, I, I, I binged on a Kindle.
0: So for me, and again, I think this really depends on the person for me. I can't. Um, and it's be, it's kind of the exact opposite of a phone. Like, you know, there's this weird thing when you're on the phone and social media, you just get your you drug in you and doom scroll. You're scrolling and you just next thing you know, wow, it's been an hour for me when I'm on those devices. I feel like I'm constantly distracted. I'm trying to read, but my brain is taking in everything else around me and it's just not investing me into the story. So I'll read and it'll be OK. And then I I'll put it down. But when I'm in, with a book and I'm reading, you know, the the words on the page, I'm just drawn in and I'm focused, and I'm zoomed, and, and I'm just to the next page, reading the story to the next page. Uh, much like what happened to Bastion, um, except for I'm not getting stoned or chasing, getting chased <laughs> by a super fast snail or sobbing like a... Well, everyone's going to sob when that horse and, dies. So yeah. Uh, Everyone lost our text, okay? Yeah. Everyone did. Um, But that is... But whether, you know, whether you're getting drawn in on the Kindle device, whether you're getting drawn in on the physical book, you know, that's the amazing thing about books. You know, it draws you in. You're you're invested in as long as it's well written, you're invested in the characters, you're invested in the story. But I feel like there the the light coming off the device, at least for me, is what really disengages me. Um, and my body is like, nope, I can't do this. So interesting. Yeah. I don't blame you, but I, I find that interesting. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. Um, so what conclusions have we made here that there's definite advantages to each format, um, that most, like most things, it depends on the situation. Uh, which is going to be most convenient and which best fits you. Uh, If you, if it's a wet rainy day, like Daniel says, curling up with a good physical book, experiencing and hearing the page turning is, uh, you know, can be mesmerizing in its own pleasure. If you're on the go and you want to be able to catch bites of your story without having to leave it alone for very long, uh, taking it on, your tablet or your phone like Krebs is probably a good way to go as well. So there's pros and cons. There's benefits to both. As a side note, uh, nostalgia from the past. you guys remember those choose your own adventure books? Oh yes. White cover, red border, had that special font on it. Choose your own adventure. And we would always pick these up at garage sales. Mm-hmm. We we had, when we were kids, uh, Krebs and I and, and our sister had quite the library of choose your own adventure books. And I remember, cause I would usually read these in the bathroom. I had <laughs> toilet paper as bookmarks. Always. And so I could go back to my last choice when I would reach the end and choose a different way. So when I read those books, I read every single path that I could uh, in there. Exhaustive Um, search. It was quite exhausting. But anyway, (laughs) the other day, I found a choose-your-own-adventure game, Mm -hmm. and I played this with Krebs and and our sister, and the box looks just like a choose-your-own-adventure book cover. The cards inside that are the game are are the same font they're the same format and when you start reading the pages which these cards represent even the cards are slightly yellow tinted Mm -hmm. to be the same color as mass media paperback uh, books how you know they kind of discolor pretty quickly actually (laughs) and so all of this was just like oh my gosh this this feels just like my childhood it's And as opposed to a digital book where you can, do you want to go dark mode, light mode? Do you want to go sepia? You can, you know, you you change all these things. And so you don't create the kind of memory or mental connection that you would with a physical book. Uh, and therefore, 10, 20 years from now, when somebody makes something nostalgic over a book that you loved reading on your Kindle, it might not have the same joy uh, attached to it. It makes me wonder if this is kind of like the issue between um
2: you know in in a very real world sense a real world example would be Second Life, which was an old video game that a lot of people got addicted to um slash sims versus a real life experience in the digital world, there are things you can do that you can't do physically, but the physical world has um has Physical tactile experiences that you can't properly simulate digitally. Uh, kind of like it makes me think of Ready Player One and The Oasis, mm-hmm. right? Uh, It makes me wonder if that's kind of what we're talking about here. I mean, even when we talked about binging versus episodic waiting, really the difference between those two experiences was the real life experience of having to be patient, of actually thinking about the material of simmering and sitting with it and finding value in the depth of thought, um, which is something that you can't do very well or even at all when you're binging rapidly back to back. Uh, And then I also recognize, I thought we would actually have more dichotomy and. Our conversation here. We you know we fall on different sides depending, but we kind of fell in the same place each time where it was like each has their use and we're kind of in the middle. But I do wonder. If our perspectives are so similar because we're from roughly the same gener- – we're from the same generation, right? Oh, yeah. we, we, we grew up pre-internet, and we've lived as adults post-internet, and we, we straddle that line. Do you think that people who are, say, a, a younger generation than us, do you think that they would have stronger and different opinions? Or do you think that we've just sort of hit on the human experience in general where these tools are concerned
1: and each tool has a use?
2: No, well, I, think I think
1: definitely there's going to be a generational difference in, yeah. these, in these answers. Mainly, and I think part of it is that we have touched on nostalgia more than a few times. And when you're a 20-something hipster, you're not old enough
0: to have nostalgia yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, for example, you know, my oldest son, is tw- he's 25. And, you know, he he's old enough to remember that... Episodes, you know, shows did come out one episode at a time, but that's such a distant memory that the majority of his TV watching is now binge watching, and so I would say for him, it you know, he would have a different opinion that no binge watching is great, it's amazing. You know, the younger we go, you know, they've never known that they would probably go no, what what are you talking about? That sounds insane. I want to watch all my episodes at once. You're crazy for thinking that that was amazing when you had to wait a week before you could watch another show. What were you smoking? (laughs) Um, You know, I I, look, for example, um, like my some of my kids when they were doing uh, reports and they're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't find anything, any material on this topic. And I'm like, just change what you're typing in Google, you, you'll you find something. I can't find anything, Like you, you want to talk about not finding anything? Let's talk about <laughs> when I had to do reports and you had to go to the library and you couldn't take the reference books home. Here's here's the card catalog in the Dewey yeah. Decimal. You had to use the card catalog to find a book and hope it had information. And then you had to copy it onto a piece of paper and hope you had enough and everything. It's like, now it's just everywhere. It's easy to get to and i think that's because th- that's how their life is now so they're definitely going to say wow you're crazy why would you want a book just da- i can wa- I can read a book on my phone or i can read a book on my kindle why do you need a physical book because that's i mean even now i mean some of my kids they don't have books it's all on a chromebook for them everything is electronic they don't even have school books anymore yeah so for them they're definitely going to be like Why do you need a physical book? I know my kids think I'm crazy for having physical books.
1: You know, when it comes to textbooks, reference books, things like that, definitely physical is far superior to digital, in my opinion. And I'll tell you why. The ability to quickly flip between pages to find what you're looking for or to do lookups, it takes forever. And even if you've got a big screen, and most of these things are a relatively small amount of information is shown on the screen at a time swipe swipe swipe, swipe swipe is not the same as thumbing through a bunch of pages uh it definitely takes longer the one thing that digital has over physical in that arena is if you know a keyword and you can and the reader has a find function being able to but but most of the stuff but in a reference book you don't normally do that. there's a section you need to go through a table you need to find or you have to cross reference multiple things so yeah in those. Things like, um, I just finished an Audible book of one of the Stormlight Archive books. And at the end of all of Brandon Sanderson's books, he has an Ars Arcana index that explains everything. And so you've got this narrator who is basically reading dictionary entries. (laughs) Not cool, although... Uh, Kate Redding and Michael Kramer do an excellent job of it, uh, but those are the kind of things that I'm going to go to my shelf and pull the book off and actually look through it, so I can. It's That's easier true. to process or compile the information that way. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. All right, folks. So we've covered two topics. We ho- we wanted to cover more, but we <laughs> clearly we have a lot to say on these two topics. So whether you like the binge watch your TV shows or whether you'd like to watch one episode at a time, whether you like reading a physical book or reading on your electronic device, either way is great. You know, that's, we're not here to tell you, Oh, you should be doing what we think is best. We're just here to open your mind, discuss the topic and have fun while doing it. So either way is great. Uh, just do what you do and what you like. So, With that said, see you next time.
1: Remember to let your geek flag fly. So say we all.
2: Guys, 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 bonus round really fast. Ready, ready, ready. Physical dice or digital dice, go. Physical. 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 And whether you like physical dice or digital dice, always remember to be epic
0: and don't suck. Why would you even ask digital dice? That's horrible. Remember.